The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We're still reeling from the March 18th message just two days ago of Mariana's annual apparition given on her birthday, of which I already told her is not being given to her annually because it's her birthday, but that in the future the March 18th date will be of significance. In other words, there'll be something that happens on that day. And again, this year it passes and we look forward into the future. What will happen on March 18th? And yet our lady said in that message, in this way, I desire for darkness and the shadow of death, which wants to encompass you and mislead you to be driven away. Did that really happen on March 18th, two days ago? We've been misled. That what I was talking about on March 18th, something would happen of great significance and it's passed us by. We don't even see it. On June 24th, <clears throat> 1948, 
The Russians, in order to capture control of the entire city of Berlin, halted all the trains, trucks, barges, everything. All the food, all the coal, all supplies going into the western portions of the capital of Germany. Two and a quarter million people. The biggest city in the world was cut off from everything they needed to survive. What happened next is Americans became a beloved people who formerly before that was hated. It was a real turning point for our nation's history. The moment America came to fully accept this mantle of leadership in the free world, we accepted this. We stepped into it. But more than that, it was the moment when America became beloved by all the people who we defeated on the battlefield and whose cities we bombed and leveled and we became revered by people not only in Berlin but people all over the world because the United States was a source of decency and good. And that's why we're hated. We're a Christian nation. The Berlin blockade, when we confronted it, after all the nations were war-weary, didn't want to do anything. In the battle, we stood up against this ideology of closing Berlin off, threatening a free people, or all free, free people where this could spill out, we would take action. So in a country that was invaded and occupied that we had never occupied before, we began to bring freedom and turn the people's hatred of America into a love for his country and his people and our ideas of what America stood for. Never before or since that time has America been so admired around the world and so solidly sought as and seen as the side of light. You think that's because maybe we're Christian people? That we weren't going to stand for the indecency of that? Of what Hitler did? And what the fruit of Hitler's life did and what it brought? And the Russians come in? That was June 24th, 1948. Exactly 33 years later, June 24th, 1981. 33 years. Does that ring a bell to you? Well, if that doesn't say something to you, God sends you messages in many ways, our lady says, that 33 years after the June 24th, 1948, closing of Berlin's western side, that we have our lady appearing every day for 33 years to this date, and now we're coming on 33 years here, does that say something to you? The Berlin blockade didn't start on June 24th. They had planned it. They take actions. They were doing and putting and implementing the plan. Were we misled? Are we not seeing things? That something just happened this past Monday when Putin signed the Ukraine in back into Russia? Something very dangerous. Something extraordinary happened. Something happened on March 18th. The RA's been speaking about for years something in the future would happen on March. The date would be important. Is it the beginning of what our aid told us? I desire for God's light to eliminate you and God's mercy to fill you. In this way, 
I desire for the darkness and the shadow of death, which wants to encompass you, or rather encompass and mislead you, to be driven away. How few people see the significance of March 18th, Monday, two days ago, of what Putin's doing, what he did, and where they're going with this. I mentioned Monday that I'm reading a boo book called Disinformation. Exactly what happens with Russia and what they do and how they do disinformation is played out in this scenario. I always often wonder the oppression of Russia is so bad with saddled with communism, Stalinism, and what happened and where they went through. What were they like before that? What brought that on? Were they that bad? Were they that oppressive? In the book, Disinformation, it talks about their people from Avon, Ivan the Great, or rather Ivan the Terrible, the first czar, started disinformation back in the 1500s. And it was a plot to make hold up the leaders to make them something that they weren't. A, a glorified PR campaign and a glorified disinformation campaign to discredit the enemies. One thing disinformation talks about is to make America hated by everyone. I remember walking in Medjugorje and they thought I was king. I felt king. The dollar was king. You're an American? I'd go in some houses. They said, this is the first time America has been in my house. They were still communist. I was embarrassed of the exalted view they had of just being American. Even the communist that I dealt with then had such respect. You're an American? First thing they do, they put up really chewing gum like I wanted that. Because that was a privilege there. They go to Germany, they get a Coca-Cola, and they bring it back and put it on their mantle or in the window so all the neighbors could see they had a Coca-Cola bottle as American. We were like gods to them. Something to look up to and almost adore. It was it was embarrassing. But one thing it said to me is how these people exalt us and look up and so appreciative just being American, what it meant. And so the highest intelligence officer officer from the from Romania, who was part of the Soviet bloc, defects and he writes this book and he's in America now, and he writes this new book. And exactly what Putin's doing right now is part of their disinformation. And exactly the scenario of the whole world enamored with a missing airplane is exactly something Russia would do if they were going to take a country. Nobody's tying that in. Nobody's even thinking about that. Nobody's got that thought yet. Distract. Mislead the people. Encompass them in darkness. And the shadow of death can march on and take places in countries by the stroke of a pen. An amazing thing. You haven't heard that anywhere. You won't. Because it comes through all these messages. She says, I desire for God's light to illuminate you. I told you about the election that Obama stole this. Nobody's illuminated to this. They don't see it. They're not praying. They don't understand what Obama did. He stole this election. I'm telling you this. And now I see other people writing about this. Just now. Starting to say, maybe this has happened. But we saw it through the message before it happened. They fired the first shot and said, Obama is going to steal this election. Benghazi could not have happened except with, with calculated strategy to make this preceding the election to distract the people. An airplane could not have happened, maybe, theoretically, because we don't know yet, 
except maybe this might be a part of the distraction to keep the news enamored on something else. And so we have 33 years to the date of June 24, 1981, preceded by June 24, 1948, 33, then 33 again, and now we're approaching June 24th and March 18th, a date important in the future, perhaps has maybe happened, at least in some measure of importance. That how is it that about the time of the apparition, Putin signing this document, to take Crimea. An incredible thing. And so Russia is doing the same thing of what they did in Berlin. They're still marching on in the book Disinformation, and it's a recommended read. I'm not through. I don't know where it's going to go, but what I've read enough is enough to tell you, go buy the book now because you need to see what Russia's doing to understand because Putin's in there. And it talks about the lies of building his image to be this guy that's open and this special guy who wrestles bears. All lies. Because they want to paint them as something, us as be hated. Or not beheaded, but to be hated. They want everybody to turn against us. That's why in Europe now, what we felt, when, what I felt when I walked in as an American, is not there no more. We're snubbed. Sometimes even by magic word people. American. There's a negative attitude toward us all across Europe. It's all done by disinformation. It's all exposed. And you'll understand many, many things. You'll be illuminated to God's mercy and be filled with it through the light of God, which is what I, I desired for you to know this. So you know what you're dealing with. So you can see God's hand in this. So what? You can drive it away. But is that going to happen to everybody? No, our lady went on to say, March 18th, pray with me for those who do not accept me and do not follow me. Those who, because of hardness of hearts, cannot feel the joy. They want to teach hatred for America, hatred for this nation, the only nation in the world who will go into a city, the largest city in the world, of people who hate them at that moment. They hated us, but because we knew and we shed pity on them out of Christian charity that we had to do something as a nation to feed these people that they turned to love to us. Isn't that fitting the perfect pattern of Our Lady saying to let them see you as having Jesus in the heart? That they, as you follow me, Our Lady says, as you follow me, they will follow you. That the Berlinians cut off, begin to follow Americans and respect us again, just like that. Why is so much hatred pointed to America? What is Obama doing? What's his plan? One of the reads we have today sheds light on that. This comes from the website stjosephusa.com. It was written on Monday, March 17th by Drew Mason. It's entitled, This Morning Was Like No Other in Your Life. For the first time in the vast majority of readers' lives, this morning there is a different leading superpower in the world than the U.S. While it may take a while to sink in, historians will likely look back on the Ukraine as the event that changed the world's consensus to realize that America's days as the world's leading superpower are over. The deliberate and accelerated shift of American wealth from military might to food stamp coffers was captured recently by Investors Business Daily, a graphic made apparent to the world in recent days. 
But should this trade from military strength to food stamp wealth redistribution really be a surprise to Americans? While inconsistent with campaign rhetoric, it is completely consistent with the community activist whose hatred of capitalism and America seethed openly in his younger days, just as it did in his father. Over the weekend, Russian TV portrayed the president as a weak fool. The coverage reminded of the misconstrued, albeit not intended for public words, caught on mic when the president met Putin prior to his second election. Recall, he told Putin he needed to disguise his real intentions until re-election was behind him. According to the French news, state-run Russian TV just aired the following segment. The backdrop was a mushroom cloud produced after a nuclear attack with the words into radioactive ash, implying that Russia would, what, would, what Russia would do to the U.S. if provoked. Why is Obama phoning Putin all the time and talking to him for hours on end, he asked. The program also made great play of Russia's so-called dead-hand capability to fire nuclear-capable intercontinental missiles automatically in the case of attack. The system, also known as Perimeter, was in use during the Cold War, but its use in post-Soviet Russia is not officially confirmed. But Kosovoil appeared to claim it remained active, giving Russia the chance to strike back even if its main command positions were taken out in a strike by the West. Even if people in all our command posts after an enemy atomic attack cannot be contacted, the system will automatically fire our missiles from mines and submarines in the right direction, he added. The channel's graphic shown the light of the Russian missile heading towards the Pacific coast in the United States. Per the articles highlighted below, the foreigners are not looking at America as Americans are. Germany is voting increased distress to the, doctor, uh, the dollar-based global financial system. The Russian summary of what has transpired in the Ukraine underscores American hypocrisy and calls into question the interests of American diplomats. Kerry's comments about the Ukrainian vote being unfair seem to forget how in three critical swing states of Florida, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, his campaign benefited from ballots where the dead voted, soldiers were denied voting, where incarcerated criminals voted at least once, where votes exceeded registered voters in favorable geographies, and where entire precincts showed statistical anomalies with 100% of all votes going to the incumbent party. A stolen election. Benghazi the cover-up. Is the airplane a cover-up? Nobody will bring up Benghazi as a cover-up. They can't see that. They don't know how to tie it because they're not illuminated to what untruths and how it does its disinformation. Benghazi, what I didn't finish a little while ago, could not have happened. A step, except that it is strategically allowed to happen. Most people attribute it to incompetence. It was not incompetence. There are plenty of things that could have stopped it. It was wanted. It was planned. It was coached and it was orchestrated. Because they needed something that would distract you from the election coming up a few months later. You see that much distance? Yes. 
Because anytime they wanted to, if somebody starts sniffing on the elections in these swing states and what really happened there, and they stole the election through this, what would take place at that point, they would just open up all the friends in the media about Benghazi and let Obama get hit. Because psychologically, everybody said, oh, we can get Obama now. Look what he did in Benghazi. Look at this big mistake. Or look what he did. Or look how he neglected that. They were willing to get those hits to his image to get the dogs not sniffing around these states. I can't believe how unseen this is and how unilluminated people are. If you pray, you can see it. And before that was stolen, it's recorded and they fired the first shot. You follow a lady, you hang around her, you'll see things that nobody else can see. She'll make you prophetic. This is the first time I've ever seen it in writing by anybody. And I know we've said this on the air. And maybe it's starting to trickle out. The people start sniffing around. I always said that, that his opponent, Romney, should have never conceded until they did an investigation. Obama was not elected. And so you got hope for 2014 elections and 2016. So what does this mean? <clears throat> this means that we cannot trust the vote anymore. We can't expect to do that. But even this, why, why would Russia or why would Putin have a backdrop nuclear bombs? It said, okay, to show them our capabilities, show that we'd strike back if they did something. What's unseen here? What needs to be illuminated? What, how does this need to be read and interpreted? It's a psychological thing that they don't say that it's a self-admission that they know that what they're doing in taking Crimea is potentially serious enough to be threatened with a nuclear attack. So that make a a reverse psychological statement by that, saying how powerful, how well what they're saying is, we know we shouldn't be doing what we did in Crimea, and we might have the United States if we had brave the brave people there, if Obama was had guts, that they might threaten us. But see, that's never going to come out. That's not going to be seen until, of course, you hear it through through prayer. You hear it through the message. March eighteenth, something big is going to happen in the future. Has that already happened? I can tell you there's something happened March 18th that puts us on a course of what we've seen in the past history. You want to learn the future? Study the past. You've heard this a hundred times. So in the book Disinformation, it talks about you want to make a truth? Say a lie a hundred times. How much do we have to hear this? Russia was corrupt for centuries. They got a death sentence of oppression and encompassing darkness of communism is there. And it's not gone away. It's just changed its face. All the KGB people, all the KGB people, all the people that's communist are there still. They've just got a nice New York look, a nice image. And our lady's telling us, we don't have to say we're conjecturing this or implying that this backdrop of, of Putin with the nuclear bomb going off is just simply, hey, if you're attacked, it's a self-admission. We know what we've done is so serious that it's worthy to be met by the United States with a threat to do something. Nuclear. They admit that by doing this, and yet it's denied in the way they do it, just like we're puffing up our chest. That's how everybody will read it. But look at the psychosis of the statement. What happened March 18th is a big, big deal. Where will it go? What will happen? 
And so exactly 33 years, 33 years again, and now 33 years we're coming on to, we've got June 24th coming up. And our lady says and talks about the promise. I desire that you feel the joy of blessing of God's promise. So what is promise? What is coming? I'm not saying something June 24th is coming or some kind of sign is coming. We don't know that. We don't know the dates. But what we can read and what we can see and what we can be illuminated by is that things are escalating. Since January, all of our these messages are telling us to get ourselves in shape. This economic situation we find ourselves in, the miraculous metal Medjugorje round, is all part of a plan to make you see why are you keeping your money in the bank? It makes no sense to have any cash in the banks when you can hold something that has intrinsic value. I've said this repeatedly through the years. I wrote it and it ain't going to happen. You have to go back and reread this. That money sitting anywhere is ludicrous. You say, well, if I do that and silver goes down, well, it goes down, but at least it's there. It can't go valueless. The dollar can crash and everything. But that, I'm getting ahead of myself where we're wanting to go to because we have another read. And this read is exactly what Obama has in his pocket. You pull his pocket out, he's got a miraculous medal. He's got other jingles from Buddha. He's got, he's got a whole pocket full of lucky charms. He knows these things have some kind of power. I've read about this two or three years ago about Obama. But Russia's no different. They got the Black Madonna. They've taken it out when they had to go to war before or a battle. And now we find out they flew it out over the Black Sea. Everybody thought it was for the Olympics. It was a diversion. The Black Sea was going to be taken through Crimea so they have access to it. And now we see this exposed. One more step in the story or a piece of the puzzle. This comes from an Iranian named Amir Tahari, who writes, The Black Madonna and the Russian Problem. Last month, when Vladimir Putin ordered that the Black Madonna of Kazan, the holiest icon of the Russian Orthodox Church, be flown over the Black Sea, many believed he wished to secure blessings for the Winter Olympics. It was the first time the icon, or rather a copy of it, since the original was stolen and possibly destroyed in 1904, was deployed to bless a peaceful enterprise. Over the centuries, the Black Virgin has been taken to battlefields to bless Russian armies fighting Swedish, Polish, Turkish, Persian, French, and German invaders. Stalin sent it to Stalingrad in 1943 to ensure victory over the German invaders under Field Marshal Friedrich Paulus. With Putin's troops in control of Crimea and threatening to move further into Ukraine, we now know that the icon was brought in to bless a military operation, this time as well. Putin appears strong because U.S. President Barack Obama accidentally cast as the leader of Western democracies is weak. Putin is overusing the power Russia really doesn't have because Obama underuses the power the U.S. does have. As long as Obama prevents the U.S. from playing the leadership role it has had since the end of World War II, 
Putin will see no reason why he should pursue his dream of reviving the Soviet Empire wherever possible. In doing so, he is acting within a tradition established since the 18th century, when Russia emerged as a power with a pathological fear of encirclement. That fear has always made Russia aggressive. Throughout the 19th century, Russia used the protection of Christian minorities as an excuse for invading its Muslim neighbors, especially the Ottoman Empire and Iran, annexing vast chunks of territory. The whole of northern Caucasus, plus Georgia and Armenia, were annexed with that excuse, as was Crimea. In the 18th century, Empress Catherine II used the pretext of protecting Christians to wrest away Dagestan and Georgia from Iran. Russia also used the excuse to seize territories that belonged to European neighbors, including Germany, Poland, and Finland. For almost a hundred years, Russia expanded at the average rate of 62 square miles, or 100 square kilometers, a day, creating history's largest empire in terms of territory. Casting itself as the third Rome and the final defender of Christianity, Russian empire builders claimed that their enterprise enjoyed divine blessings. Under Putin, Moscow has been distributing large numbers of Russian passports. Some suggest millions in neighboring countries. There are also significant numbers of Russian passport holders in Transnistria, part of Moldova, which does not have a border with Russia. The first test of the kith and kin excuse came in 2000 when, as prime minister, Putin forced Takistan to host 15,000 Russian troops stationed at six bases. The next time kith and kin was cited was in August 2008, coinciding with the Beijing Olympics, when Putin, this time as president, ordered an invasion of Georgia and annexed the autonomous republics of South Ostasia and Abkhazia. Today, Russia has some 40,000 troops stationed in the two enclaves. Ukraine is the third nation to experience Putin's kith and kin game. And if Putin manages to pull this one off, it will not be the last. Putin's shenanigans in Crimea are symptoms of a deeper malaise caused by Russia's inability to gauge its place in the post-Cold War international order and the inability of European powers and the United States to accommodate Russia in a way commiserate with its weight, if not its ambitions. In the past quarter of a century, with the loss of its glacius in Eastern and Central Europe, Russia has seen NATO arrive right at its borders. The entire European continent has been reorganized within the framework fixed by NATO and the European Union. Today, Russia is just one of four European powers still shut out of both NATO and the EU. It took Russia almost two decades to gain admission into the World Trade Organization and more tentatively be offered a side chair at the G8. The only leadership slot Russia has had is its veto-holding seat in the UN's Security Council, a relic of the Cold War. But even then, until Obama paralyzed U.S. foreign policy, the Western powers, led by Washington, simply ignored Russia whenever it suited them, as was the case in the 2003 military intervention in Iraq. 
Putin has built his narrative on the theme of encirclement by hostile powers and their agents inside Russia. To the West, Russia is shut out of Europe, which paradoxically remains its principal trading partner. To the South, Russia is hemmed in by a string of Muslim-majority nations with deep-rooted resentment of Tsarists and communist oppression. To the East, Russia faces two hostile powers, China and Japan, part of whose territories remain under Russian occupation. At home, Russia faces a seemingly endless war against Yihadist forces and five Caucasian republics, while relations with Georgia and Armenia remain strained. Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev claims that Russia today is in the vanguard of fighting Islamic terror and its aim of world conquest. However, jihadists are not alone in posing a threat to Putin's idealized vision of a greater Russia seeking global leadership. Well-financed Christian missionary groups, mostly from the U.S., are expanding their networks throughout Russia at the expense of the Orthodox Church, which has become Putin's principal ideological ally. To make matters worse for Putin, his autocratic style of rule is also challenged by a growing number of Russians, seduced by Western ideas of multi-party democracy, pluralism, and sacralization of political power. Meanwhile, the domination of the Russian economy by the oligarchs, whose support Putin needs, has slowed down and in some cases even prevented genuine development. Russia has become an exporter of rare materials, especially oil and gas, dependent on European markets. Worse still, a good part of the capital formed in Russia finds its way into European banks, especially in Britain and Switzerland. Today, the real issue is not whether Russian troops remain inside their bases in Crimea or show their teeth in the streets of Sebastopol. The real issue is how to find Russia a place in a world order in the creation of which it played no part. Putin's current policy could transform Russia into a fully-fledged rogue state, and that would be a dangerous but that would be dangerous both for Russia and the world, even if the Black Madonna of Kazan were brought in to perform a miracle. A long read, but necessary to see truth and understand where we're headed. We feed ourselves the wrong things constantly. We want a brief explanation of things. But you can't make decisions on your future, on your life, if you're not illuminated. Our lady shows us. Therefore, she told us March 18th, Therefore, my children, set out on the ways of which my love leads you, teaches you humility and wisdom, and finds the way to the Heavenly Father. We've got a world headed towards Satan again, just like World War II. We've got Obama, who is de power in the military, which he said he was going to do before he was elected the first time, and create a civilian force. Why? Because he knows that they have constitution or swore to the constitution, uphold the constitution, and made an oath to it, our military, and a civilian force won't. And he said he was going to make a civilian force as well-funded, as powerful, and as big as our military. And here he is. He just has struck down our military to go to the levels it was after World War II, when we thought the war was going to end, World Wars would end, we would not have to go back to war and we start blowing up our planes and tearing everything apart. All the ingredients for darkness to prevail. 
if there's not a moral force in the world, if there's not somebody standing up that we're willing to do and pay with the men's lives of what we do to uphold freedom, then there's another rogue country that will come up and take that place. And so we find ourselves in this position now, a dangerous position. I just learned about a group for years in India that they meet and pray. And you know what they pray for? What would motivate people to gather together and pray for the United States of America? Amazing thing. It's an admission that we see America as the light of the world, and if it goes out, the whole world goes in darkness. Satan's number one goal is for America to be destroyed. One way to do that is economically. That's how this ties into economics. And that ties into everything we do, every move we make all day long. And so it is this prayer group that has met for years. They just didn't start this. This has been going on for decades, I understand, over a decade. That they see our importance in the world is so much, and we don't. And we've got a president that wants us to become less than even a third world country. Why? Because evil wants to rule. Darkness wants to encompass and lead us and mislead us. All these things are incredible when you start piecing them together and realize the things that's happened. How do you read this? You have to read the book, Disinformation, to learn how to see information, to know how to interpret it, to know how to understand it. And then with prayer, and what I says, to teach you wisdom, and to have the wisdom, which is of God, to see things in the correct light through the, through the template of our lady's messages, to understand what you have to do now and in the future, to have future. I just think God, our lady, is with us. I just thank God that she, in this apparition two days ago, said, I desire for you to feel the joy of the blessing of God's promise. And then Mariana saw the grayness and the blackness, the shadow, disappear. We're in a serious moment. Our lady's not coming here to keep us on the level we've been on in the revival state without preparing us for the admissions or the chastisements or the difficulties that are coming to us that we might be saved through revival first. And we might be a moral light. And this country may be shaken back into its position of why God has established it upon the earth. Why the Pope, the Vicar of Christ, said, Benedict, that America would lead the evangelization of the world. Why the Pronuncio, April 2012, echoed the same thing. It is expressed desire of the Holy Father that America lead the evangelization of the world. And you got somebody in India praying for that because they see it. They're disconnected from that. No one even that. How can people feel it? How can they see it? Lord, help us if America falls. God, help the world if we step out of our position. And as what was just read, preceding the second reading, America's lost its position. We don't know who we are anymore. We're so politically correct, we shouldn't put ourselves over any other nation. Somebody's going to do it. Better us than them. What other nation for? India says, hey, we want America in charge. We love our motherland. We love India. But God, we want, we want you to hear these prayers because we want America in charge. Because we know if we get cut off in our country in India from some kind of dictator, we're going to get airlifted supplies like in Berlin. No other nation in the history of the world has been as 
charitable? Has <clears throat> dead men, dead soldiers laying on the battlefield from the enemy who just we went to war with, and before we bury a dead, we're helping them? Where we didn't take them as a province or colonize them? Colonialize them? No nation has existed this way. It doesn't exist in the history of the world. That's why we're blessed. And you despise it? I'm speaking to Americans. It was written in, they fired the first shot, that Obama was a communist. It's proven. It's not in question. It's documented. And so in the book, Disinformation, it talks about the president of Romania going to the Soviet bloc, going to Brezhnev, actually, and they talk about him becoming the model statesman. So they're going to put out disinformation that he's going to reform Romania and hold him up as a great herald of, of a new type communism. And that everybody looked to him and respect him and us in the West and all the journalists would look up to this guy. He was ruthless. But he came back from Russia and immediately starts making jokes against Russia. But that was part of the plan. Make it look like he was going to bring this old archaic thing away from what we're doing. And so Obama with Putin... We don't know what he's doing. We don't know what his loyalties do, but we do know his wife said during the campaign that never has she been proud of, uh, never, she's finally now we can be proud of the flag. To that, something to that effect. Can you imagine that? What, is, what does she say that for? How can you run for president and say because he was nominated that now she can be proud of the flag? She's never liked it. What is she? Think about these things. We've got darkness and competence even in the White House. And it's amazing. We're the last people to see it. They talk about the World, Ch- uh, World Council of Churches. I'm, I, as a teenager, knew this was an evil organization. And I know the Catholic Church has worked with these people. I know some of our hierarchy is. No, how come you're not seeing this? It's ruled by Russia. It was taken over back all the way in 61 by Russia because they use religion, that which they hate, but they know it has to be part of it. That's why you have to read disinformation. You'll start understanding and seeing everything in a whole different light. We've been taken over by a surrogate government. We need, we need to understand that. A, a system ran by Satan himself. Possessed with evil. Thinks he's even God that he can rearrange marriages. Satan looks for those who are open to his heart. By their heart being open to sin and saying it's not sin. Nothing wrong with it. To be against that would be discriminating against people. You can do whatever you want. We must wake up. We must see the signs our lady says, look around me, you poor children. She calls us poor children and see the signs of the times. She didn't say, do children look around you and see the signs of the times. Poor children, look around you. We're coming into some poverty. And I don't mean monetarily. I mean poverty of peace in the world. It's going to only reside in those who have the inner serenity of Christ in their heart. That's why he says, put Jesus in your heart. Put him in the first place, she just said. With motherly love, I desire to help you to open your hearts and put my son in the first place in it. She reemphasizes it. She always adds the words, in it. 
And that way, she goes on and says, through your love for my son and through prayer, I desire for God's light to illuminate you and God's mercy to fill you. We need mercy. I need mercy. You need mercy. This nation needs mercy for its sins to step into who we are supposed to be. And we got a crash, just like we did before World War II. Things were caught off guard. And then we find ourselves back in another war. And now we're dismantling this country, its military might. At the very time, we don't need to be doing that. We're printing dollars. At the very time, we don't need to be doing that. We're creating financial scenarios and rescues and all this and, and, and providing things for people that don't do anything. At the very time, we shouldn't be doing it. We're redistribution of the wealth. At the same time, depowering those that could make a moral change in the nation. We're attacking the churches. We're attacking the moral fiber. All of which we need and all of which at this moment we're throwing away. And you wonder why we made the miraculous metal measure go around? A one-ounce piece? And you'll have something you can make your decisions now to see to have a future. Not that you won't lose it. Not that we don't know what's going to happen. It's not a save-all. It's just a temporary measure to get you back to the land, get you in some place where you can have this inner serenity of getting your food from your ground to your mouth. At least some stability, at least some place you'll have as a haven, a place of prayer, a place you can throw out all the loss of liberty and gain liberty because you're within the natural laws of God on your land and natural and in nature's God, where you're binded only by the restrictions of natural law. Go back to it. We have to go back to it. And we have an opportunity in this time of grace that our says, use it well. Make decisions now that it might go good for you, my children. Is everybody acting on that? Are they doing it? No. We're so enamored by the world that we're looking at sports and things like that as our escape, as our medicine. It's, it's like an addiction. We're looking at pleasure, entertainment. Go spend the weekend off. It's crazy when I see past the soccer fields and see on Saturdays all the people there that could be making a structured, ordered way of life. It was just in Ohio on a small farm. They have a beautiful setup with the hogs, with the chickens and everything. Yeah, we do it here, but it's good and beautiful to see people doing what we've been doing, what we've been talking about, what we've been impelling people, giving people an impulse to do as quickly as possible. To live a way of life. A way of life that our lady gives you the opportunity that you can make decisions now to do. Frank? Yeah, it, this is absolute truth to what you're saying about America and uh, the disinformation that's purpose is to distract us from what's really going on. And one of the things that's really going on in where nations are, are most vulnerable is financially, that um, they could be attacked from a computer, and that's the monetary system that we live with and um a friend wrote and asked and uh and and thank you for the question that what's frank what's going on with the price of silver in dollars and and we're taught to think this way and i understand the thinking and i thank you for the question thank the thousands that have ordered from us that that patiently either understand it or or suffer through something that doesn't make sense but i can explain it to you by the numbers and i can explain it to you so you can understand it better than any financial advisor can explain to you anything that he's selling. Um, the only guarantee 
that he can give you is that a panic will ensue, and it'll be like a large room with only one entrance and one exit. And right now the people are coming in, the insiders are slipping out. And when panic ensues, there's no protection there. When panic ensues, silver has always protected you, and it is far more than we see. So uh, to understand history is to be able to know the future. And to understand monetary history is to be able to know what to do about the future. And uh, I wish I had time to go over uh, monetary history. Uh, you, you can call sometime if you want to know the fundamentals, but you have invested in the very best investment on Earth. The only thing that I can say about the miraculous medal is we prepare to celebrate the Feast of the Incarnation and the Annunciation, where the angel Gabriel said to Mary, God wants to use you in a great plan for the salvation of mankind. And she said, yes, is that the miraculous medal is far more than any of us can imagine for salvation. Uh, Our Lady obtained this for us in 1830, and it is is far more, as sure as she carried God in her womb for nine months and and was one with him. And she is coming with the same message for us today, as the angel Gabriel gave to her. And so the monetary history I want to share with you is our God that became man, that was so gentle and so patient and so kind to man, became violent with men. And he made a whip out of cords when money changers were changing silver denariuses into the shekel of Tyre, which was the only thing the temple would take in robbing people, the rider on the dark horse with his own set of scales, uh, the, the central bank systems, the money changers throughout times. God himself shows us who will deal with these, who comes on a white horse. And there is imagery of silver all throughout the Bible revelations, and the miraculous metal Medjugorje round is more important for our times uh, than you can imagine. Uh, John F. Kennedy was the only president in modern times that gave his life for silver, that gave his life to obey the Constitution, Article 1, Section 10, that says only gold and silver are money in the United States. By law, you have to divide the trillions of dollars issued electronically into the amount of gold and silver. And if silver by law is, if a dollar by law is um, three-quarters of an ounce of silver, we need trillions of ounces. There are no trillions of ounces. We allegedly hold a third of the gold that's been mined uh, in the United States of America. And for that, and an equal amount of silver to back the dollar, if we had a third of the silver that was mined, and remember, you know, a good portion of this has been used in industry and gone. But if we could get a third of all the silver that's been mined, we'd have about 1.5 billion ounces of silver to back our money, and we'd have about a tenth of that, a 10-to-1 ratio of gold. And if gold backed half the dollars and silver backed the other half of the dollars, your natural price is $5,000 silver, $30,000 gold, or somewhere around there. That's law. That's what it is. And this is what I could tell you many stories throughout history men have have died for. This is what was in our Constitution to protect us because we, we have a special foundation in this country, and I would say because of Our Lady's maternity to the United States in a unique way. But I want to share with you, by the numbers, the three years before, 
the book was released, Silver Consumption for Investments, and the, the three years after the book was released, according to the Silver Institute, um, these are their numbers, and they're fascinating. Uh, we'll start with 07, 40 million ounces of silver were used in coin and metals and investment. In 08, when dealers were running out of silver, I remember it very well. We did the first show that, again, the Holy Spirit testified to a Dow record. We did the show that ain't going to happen with another Dow record. The first show, the Dow went up, an opportunity to get out. The second show, the Dow went down. This is why I can say amen when a friend of Medjugorje says, why are you in dollars? Why do you hold stocks and bonds nominated into dollars? Why are you waiting for that door to open and the panic to ensue? Here are the numbers, and you can do the math, and you can divide it. You can just say fundamentally exactly what's going to happen in the future. $75 million in 08, we did the, did the first program uh, by the timing of the Holy Spirit and Our Lady. $194 million ounces in 09, and the average price went down. This screams manipulation. Why would investor demand almost triple... And the average price in 08 was $15. The average price in 09 was fourteen seventy. Two 2010, the book's released. We go up to 257 million ounces. This includes coin, metals, and uh, uh, investment silver. And this is net investment. So if there's hordes, and there are, and if they're coming to the market, there's more buyers than sellers. Um, 250 million ounces. Now remember, 257 and 10. 250 and 11 when the price went to 50, and 252 and 12. So this is amazing because the other 1 billion ounces, there's a billion ounces that are mined. 750 million ounces are going to industry, silverware, jewelry, photography. That's all that's left. And any, any hordes that come to the market, hordes don't come to the market. You'll notice in 11, there was less supply than there was in 10 or 2012, and that's when the price was highest. It doesn't work when a price is so manipulated. Um, you don't get disinvestment with a higher price. You got disinvestment at $5 silver. So so by the numbers, at $20, only $5 billion can come in to, to get that 250 million ounces. Are you kidding me? Five billion ounces, trillions in currency. Mammon, trillions. God's currency for your protection, dead last. And so uh, now is the time to act and <clears throat> to secure your means of exchange, uh, while while there's still time and while the uh, mean uh, the ability to exchange is very very low. So you'd want to contact Frank for that. Frank, if you want to go ahead and give your contact information, you can reach us toll free eight seven seven nine three six seven six eight six. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo dot com. And you can, um, our website's globalsilverinvestors.com. And even more so than uh, than exchanging your means of exchange, of course, this is something that's temporary. A friend of Medjugorje, when, he, when Frank is mentioning the book, he's referring to the book, It Ain't Gonna Happen, explains it in a little more detail. But uh, where you want to get to is where Our Lady's leading us, and that is towards a simpler way of life for this purpose. We have the How To New Communities Convention that's taking place April the 29th through May the 1st here at Caritas in Alabama. In order to attend that convention, you have to have read They Fired the First Shot 2000 and, uh, 2012 
uh, that uh, there's information on Medjugorje.com with uh, with the dates, with information about the convention. Uh, it's something that uh, we will have several new speakers for those of you who have attended in the past, the past several conventions. Uh, we will have several new speakers that will also be presenting during that period of time. But uh, but again, that is something that you do not want to miss. It's a must for this time. And again, that's April the 29th through May the 1st, 2014 here at Caritas, Alabama. And again, there's information on medj.com. We need to realize that all that faces us has some purpose. And thank God that we know our ladies here to lead us into that purpose, to lead us to revival, to prepare us that our souls may be saved for whatever we end up and however we end up in our life, either it be taken or to be here and propagate what she's done for us as God has sent her to the world every day to bless us. In Sarah, it says, They may be good fortunes for a man in adversity, and a windfall may result in a loss. If anything good comes from this, it will be through our loss we may gain everything and rebuild according to God's way, according to Our Lady's messages. We wish Our Lady, we love you, goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.